Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Big Ken, a retired teacher bringing you lessons each week he's learned in the hobby by taking you behind the table and inside the mind of a dealer and a collector. Sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded here is the cards. Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Big Ken. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on a streaming service, please like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell if you haven't already, so you'll be notified whenever new content drops. Welcome, and thanks for being here. Before we start, a huge shout out to Mike on Instagram at Michael D. Tlaff, D-E-T-T-L-A-F-F, underscore sports cards. Uh, and a huge shout out to my daughter. Um, I worked a deal out. So if you remember when uh, the first episode with Sports Card Therapist, I said I'd been working on a deal and it took about a week to get done. Uh, so we finally got the deal done. It was for an Ovechkin RPA autograph. Well, obviously autograph to $4.99. Um, and it turns out he lives in the same town as my daughter in North Carolina. So after we were able to get a deal done, I said, hey, my daughter lives in the same town. I'll send cards. There were cards and cash involved. I'll set, I said, I'll send my cards and cash to her, and then I'll orchestrate you two meeting up. And uh, and it all worked out. Uh, it all worked out. So a uh, huge shout out to both of them. I've got the card back. Uh, I just posted up uh uh, a picture on uh, Instagram. If you want to check it out, you can go go to my account, uh, Sports Card Underscore Lessons. Check it out. Um, yeah, so just a huge shout out. Very excited to get that card. And honestly, if and and he ended up like he was just a great guy. Uh, but you don't know people, right? Uh, and because I was sending four cards and cash for one of for this one card, you know, I probably would not have done it, uh, if he wasn't in the same town as my daughter. Um, and, um, I'll quote her because I asked her, you know, how was the transaction? He said, she said, Oh, he was just a super nice guy. So all that being said, this deal got done only because they lived in the same town. And, uh, you know, I know there's companies out there that are starting this or have started this in between stuff. And, and it's probably, I mean, when I first thought about it, I'm like, yeah, is this that important? But now, like when I did a deal like this, um, I probably would have never got this deal done if, if, you know, I hadn't been able to, you know, send the stuff to somebody I trust to, uh, to make the deal. Uh, so again, shout out to both of them because I'm really excited to have this card. Uh, happy Sunday. How about those Yukon Huskies? Uh, I love March Madness. I love watching the NCAA tournament, but it's like 10 times more fun when Yukon is in it and doing well. Um, the men won last night on their way to the final four, the women, they lost. I wish they could have gone further, but, um, definitely just definitely wasn't their year. They were crushed with, uh, injuries all year. So we'll look forward to seeing them, uh, seeing them next year. Uh, today's episode, we're going to jump right into it. Where are all the true collectors? 
Where are all the true collectors? And before I start, I want to say this episode is not a rant, but an observation. Because even as I started putting my bullet points up, I'm like, is this a rant? And I'm like, it's really not. It's really not. It's just more of an observation, you know, that that this is what I do. I see things, I come, turn them into content, and I deliver them to you. But, you know, when I started setting up as a dealer, I felt I was providing a service, you know, to sports card collectors, right? Filling a need, if you will, finding great cards at a great price, you know, being able to rely on people early, finding a lot of people in the hobby early that, you know, helped me figure out where I can buy cards at a decent price, you know, and then bring them to the show, sell them for a small profit, and basically to continue being a dealer uh, and to fund my PC. Um, And at that time, you know, this was, it it was probably, you know, 75% into the, you know, into the rise of the hobby, if you will. Uh, You know, most people were paying 90 to 100% comps and those comps were fluctuating. They were jumping up. So, you know, Sometimes the profit was better, like you thought you were buying at 90%, but by the time the next show came, you you know, you may have been able to get, you know, 20 or 30% profit on it versus, you know, the 10 or 15%. But I feel since the market correction, uh, everyone that starts coming to my table, now this is going on a lot of shows now. But everyone that comes to my table is just trying to buy cards that they can immediately flip for a profit, whether they're, you know, setting up as a dealer or they're selling these cards online. I just feel that everybody that shows up, I mean, they're buying the cards that they immediately want to flip. You know, one of the problems I see with the smaller local shows um, is people are just coming to buy. And I think, like, I go, I'm a dealer. So when I don't set up, I still go to those local shows. Um, but a lot of times, like, if I find something that I can buy, you know, that I feel I can put in my case, because I talked about this last episode, two episodes ago, with uh, with my guy Rob, I mean, that I, I'm, I buy first to put in my case, but if I see something that I could PC, I get excited, I'll buy it. But really, I'm out there looking for things that I can put in my case um, because I just find it harder and harder to find things to put in the case. Um, everybody wants to get cards under comps. You know, they resell, they try to make money on it. Um, funny thing is, like when I set up today, people are people are offering me. They're making offers on cards for less than what I paid for the cards. I mean, literally less than what I paid for the cards. Because if you're in this hobby, you know those margins keep getting slimmer and slimmer. And some people get a little upset when I say, you know what, I just can't do it. I can't do that. I, uh, I'd i be giving you the card for less than I pay for it. And they look at me like I'm lying. Like, oh, this is the oldest dealer line in the book. And, and it's absolutely true. Um, it's absolutely true. I have, I know a lot of people buy in bulk. I have a hard time finding people that are selling bulk of all the stuff that I would be willing to put in my case. 
So when I'm buying cards, I mean, whether it be right or wrong, I'm just buying cards that I want to, if I, if you're selling two or three or four cards that I want to put in my case, uh, of course I'll buy a little bulk deal. Right. But for the most part, I'm buying, you know, one here, one there or two here. Uh, and I'm buying a lot of cards and grading them now because this is what you see that's going on in the market. I mean, everybody's grading. The grading prices are very good. I've talked about, I, you know, I have, I had, I've probably received back 150 cards from PSA that I've had graded over the last four or five months. And I have about another 60 or 70 out there right now. And these cards seem to be the only ones that I can really turn a profit on. Um, the only cards I sold at today's show were cards that I graded myself. Every card that I sold at today's show were cards that I graded myself. Uh, any cards that I, or, you know, that were already graded that I purchased, not one of those cards sold today because people are coming in and saying, Hey, I'll give you 70 or 75%. But you know, I'm refuse. I just refuse to sell anything less than 85% of comps. And I know when I'm buying a card, when I'm buying a card to put in my case, I have to say in my mind, what's the comp on it? 85% is really where I'm probably going to end up selling it. Does it make sense to buy this card or not? And that's what I have to tell myself. And beyond that, why should I put all the work in? Right. And especially the cards that I grade, you know, you got to go out and find a card that's act actually gradable. Right. And we know how sometimes how difficult that is, you know, especially what Panini, so many cards come through there that are, you know, damaged and print lines and, you know, whatever. Um, you know, you got to find a gradable card. You got to send it off to PSA. There's shipping, there's insurance, there's waiting for it to come back. And there's, you know, you're taking a chance too, when you do that, like I'm sending cards off. I mean, I don't know by the time they come back, the prices could be down on them. I may have to just sit on those cards and hope that the prices come back or sell those for, you know, for, for, for less than what I'm into them for. But why should I give away my earned profit to anybody else? I mean, why should I go through all that and then get this card and then have someone come to the table and say, oh, I'll give you, okay, I'll sell it to you. Why, why, why am I going to do that? It, 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 the business plan just doesn't make sense if I, if I do that. You know, if I'm giving those small margins away. And I had a guy say to me today, how am I going to make money on this card if I, if I buy it at 85% comps? This is me selling that card saying, look, 85% is the best I can do. He says, you know what? 15% is not worth it on any card under $1,000. And I said, really? I said, where are you selling the cards for 100% comps? Because that's where I need to be selling the cards. Obviously, I'm wasting my time here. Because if you're going to come buy this card for 85% and you can sell it for 100%, that's those, that's where I need to be selling a card. Um, maybe it's not at these shows, you know, maybe it's somewhere else. I would, I would think that the, uh, you know, the shows are the, are the, are they been for me the best chance to make a decent profit? Um, you know, local shows have been a decent buying experience for me. Um, but not for the, not the last few. I just see that these, these margins are just changing. And, and, you know, I understand I'm trying to buy football in March, you know, February and March. Um, 
and it's just not happening at the show is I, you know, it, it just not, I mean, the, the prices of some of this stuff is just, it's just way too high. Um, I mean, I've turned online, I've been buying some stuff online and it seems like, you know, the online is, is reasonably priced right now. I mean, you know, when we go online, that's what generates the comps, right? That that's the, the, the digital footprint when things are being sold. So we're creating a comp, whether it's up or down. I mean, this is, this is where that stuff is selling. It's not stuff that's selling in a show, you know, that these local shows, because there's no digital footprint of that. So the stuff that's being sold online and some of the stuff, you know, that I'm buying, I see that I become the lowest comp on some of them because I'll find six of the same cards. Right. And then I'll just try, uh, put the same bid on all of them and, and hope for the best. And if I get one, you know, now I know already I'm the low comp I've created the lower comp because it's online right now. Um, I hope anyways, because if I buy that and then one sells for less then then now, um, um, you know, underwater in a card, if, if, if somebody's going to sell it for less than what I paid for it. So there's a very fine line there when you're buying that stuff online. Like you really have to, you know, you, you, you have to try to, you know, know the market and, you know, know your margins and know kind of where you want to be. Um, you know, I set up, talked about set up at a local show today. Um, and I hate these long stretches between shows. Uh, I have a habit of forcing in a show to tide me over until the bigger shows come probably about as smart as a quarterback forcing a pass on first down. Right. Um, and I find when I do that, when I start saying, wow, I've got nothing for a few weeks. Let me go to this show. Let me set up. And I talked last week about these local shows being very busy, uh, and just being not comfortable for me bumping and grinding on one side of the table, you know? So I said, I called the the promoter and I got a table. He got me in and, you know, so I set up, um, I was excited as I always am for a show couple days before getting everything priced, my new inventory, new stuff coming back from PSA, getting it into the mix. You know, I get there early setup, um, get everything together. And I'm like, okay. And I, you always feel good, right? You show up at the show. You always feel good. There's going to be a hundred things out there. I want to buy. Um, so you always feel good about that. And then when you get all set up and you get going, you get out and you start looking around in the cases and you start to realize, oh man, uh, nobody's got anything I'm looking for. It's going to be a long day. And the, and even there were a couple of guys at the show had some decent football autos or RPAs that I thought, wow, you know, these are pretty good. Yeah. They're like two, three, four times the current comps. Um, look, I get it. It's, Football is done, even though I think football is really held much better than it did last year, um, comp wise. But I understand the comps are down um, and people don't want to sell, you know, at, at current comps when the comps are down. Um, but when I started looking up the comps on these cards, you know, get the phone out, take a picture, you know, the whole 10, you know, and then all of a sudden you start realizing, wait, 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 wait a minute. 
they just bought this card like last week on eBay. You know, look at the serial number on the on the PSA slab or the BGS slab, and you're like, well, don't give me this whole prices are down and I'm really, you know, look, I can see you just bought this card last week or a week and a half ago. So now that digital footprint I talk about, it, it's right there. And I saw this at the Philly show too. And I didn't see it a lot because I really didn't comp a lot of cards at the Philly show, but I did come across, you know, some, you know, it would have been for me prospecting. I did come across some cards. Um, and I started realizing, man, maybe I should just go home and buy this stuff online. Uh, so I started searching eBay, the PWCC, Facebook groups. That that Facebook group after the Philly show, that's where I found uh, the, Ovech the Ovechkin RPA, um, just going through these groups online. Um, here's my issue with doing that, though. The digital paper trail, right? Everyone knows what you paid. If you buy a card, just like I knew what they paid, you know, if I buy a card, someone is going to come right away and say, look, I know this is exactly what you paid. This is a, your car, you know, especially if it's numbered or graded. Now, if it's raw, it's a little different. You can do what you want. Um, I, I don't buy many raw cards online because eight out of 10 times they show up their non-gradable cards. Uh, even when they say, oh my God, this card, you know, it's almost guaranteed a 10 and you get it and you realize it's probably a seven at best. Um, so yeah, that digital, you know, paper trail that everyone knows what you paid. I stay away from that. Um, and two, like I just mentioned before, I find myself going back against what I tried to get away from prospecting, right? I just feel like every time I start getting back online, it's just turning into a prospecting venture again. Um, I mean, it's not really a bad thing. A lot of people prospect. I understand that. And it worked well for me in some cases. And it works well for a lot of people. Um, but, you know, here's the problem. You know, a twisted ankle, a torn ACL, a stupid public comment. You know, a guy gets into an argument with his coach, anything like that. Just doesn't play well, period. And all of a sudden, the cards start to tank. And I've got, you know, a ton of of Mac Jones and Zach Wilson cards here in the office that, you know, I just have to hope for better days on them. And they don't want to do that. I just don't feel like that's the lane I need to be in. Um, my thought pattern going into this is go out to see if you can find like, you know, Burrow or Herbert, some RPAs, you know, these things are like three, four, five K. Right. And these are the prices that are down. Right. Will they come up for summer? I mean, if you buy them, you hope they do. Um, it sounds like a great plan. But what if the aforementioned happens? You know, any of those things I listed out, it's just a dangerous game to play. Uh, and I don't know. I'm not comfortable putting out that kind of money. Uh, and I know there are no risk, no reward. You'll hear people say, you know, have a lot of things to say about that. But I just feel more comfortable with lower priced inventory, smaller profits, but also smaller losses. Right? I, I, I spent a lot of money on football last year during this time of year. And some of those really paid off and some of those really didn't pay off. Um, so. 
as I'm buying a card, I have to think to myself, I have to think about a calculate. There's the calculated win, right? The calculated profit, but I have to think about the calculated loss too. Uh, let's look best case scenario, worst case scenario, you know, feel it out. Um, it's almost impossible to move most things that everyone else is trying to turn a profit on. I'd like to say, you know what? I'm in it for the long haul. Uh, but really, anything that I'm picking up now, I plan on moving it come national. And and they, you know, calculated wins, calculated losses. Uh, national is not a cheap trip. It's not a cheap table. It's not a cheap hotel. It's not cheap flights. So I talked a few weeks ago on, on, you know, my, the first of five episodes, there's a lot of thought that's got to go into that. And when I go to these shows and I'm finding inventory to put in my cases and I have to find inventory that I'm preparing for national. So it's, two separate inventories right now. And I talked about doing this. Um, my, my risk right now is I'm hoping that my national inventory, those prices will come up, but I don't think we're going to see as big a jump as we did last year, because we didn't see as big as drop as we did last year. Um, and I think with more people trying to turn profits on these cards. So if I grade a card on the first one, I get the card, I grade it, it comes back a PSA 10 and I put it in my case. The comp says, and I'm just going to use numbers is a thousand dollars. And I'm willing to let that card go for say 875, even know that, you know, I put the work in, I did all that. Um, I can let it go. So if somebody comes in and gets that card at 875, then they're going to put it back up. They need to make what 950 on that card. Are they going to get people to pay 950 on that card? Or are they going to refuse to buy that card for me for 875 and say, look, I need to buy it at 750 so I can spend sell it at 875. And in that case, with everybody trying to turn a profit, everyone's margins are dropping, dropping. And then and then the value of the cards are going to drop too. It's going to force unless people are willing to pay more than comps, which I don't see anybody anywhere except for myself. <laughs> You know, because I've talked about buying PC cards and not being so fixated on the price. I'm starting to think I'm the only one. I'm the only one that does this because everybody that shows up on my table, no one says, I'm going to buy this card and put it in my PC. Zero. I don't hear that from anybody. I hear people saying, you know, how can I sell this card? How can I buy it from you and resell this card and get a profit? Um, and don't get me wrong. I know there's people out there that PC cards. Um, that, that, and I know the guys that I I've, I've gotten used to my local shows here and the show, you know, they show up at the shows and you know, the guys that buy cards that just strictly go straight to their PC. Um, but those guys I think are few and far between now. Um, 
any of the modern stuff, and I say modern, I'm going right from like 2000 up to now. Um, that stuff's just being bought to flip, bought to flip, bought to flip. And everyone's talking. You hear everybody say, oh, I bought it for this. I'm going to sell it for that. I bought it for this and put it, I'm going to sell it for that. I don't know how we can all be successful. I don't know how we can all be successful. And all these tables, any of these big shows, there's waiting lists to get in. I, I think we need... I think we need more collectors out there uh, and less flippers. Just, just my thought. Uh, I myself have been picking up uh, a bunch of the women's soccer, uh, mostly U.S. players that are, uh, you know, top prospects are are going to the uh, the World Cup this summer. The prices are are really good right now, and I'm just stashing these cards, buying these cards. I'm stashing them. I'm putting them away, and I'll wait for, and and. You know, here's the thing with that. If if they're they're top prospects or they're proven players, uh, I'm happy to have them anyways because it's a lane that I'd like to try to be in. Uh, I've just done all buying on these cards right now, and and I'm just going to wait to see what happens with them. But you know, looking forward, I think we need to get creative as a dealer. I need to be creative in this business to to you know. To say, you know, if I go out and buy a Joe Burrow RPA, you know, for uh, how, how much profit can I make on it? You know, because there's how many out there and, and, and everybody's got them. Right. So there's the, the market is very limited for them. Right. Because they're like three, four five thousand dollars. Right. So if you go to a local show, the chances of you selling them are pretty slim. But you go to the, uh, you know, a bigger show, National, Philly, um, you know, the mint collective, anything like that. I mean, you got better chances of selling that, but the people showing up there are not going to show up and pay a hundred percent comps, right? They're just like every other show they want. They want a better deal on it. Um, so it's tougher to move those cards. So, you know, here's my lane. I'm finding these lanes that I'm trying to, you know, get into and, and hopefully that I get these people that are, you know, I find people that want to collect the women's soccer, or even if it's just for world cup or, you know, it's just brought to the, the attention of people to say, Hey, these players are great. And, and they're really shining on a world stage. And I'd like to grab a couple of those and, you know, put them in my PC because I don't think those are going to be cards that people are going to be trying to flip. Um, could be, I mean, I am, but I'm buying them now. So, you know, hopefully you'll find people that are PC. So, and some other cars too, like this pop culture, pop century stuff. Um, and the music cards I got, I mean, those are more of a specific lane, which I think would attract more collectors, right? If I can find them, if, if I can get my product in front of them and find out where they are to put it out in front before I go ahead and put it online. Because obviously I could put it online and I'm going to get it in front of the world, right? But I would like to try to do this on a much smaller scale than than a bigger scale. So if I can find that collector, the collectors for that lane, right? It, it, it could work out well for me. Um, I have a couple bigger shows coming up uh, next month. And, you know, and I can't wait to see what the buying and this, the, the selling experience will be. Um, but I have a feeling it's going to be a lot of the same. I, I have a feeling it's going to just be a lot of flippers coming in, trying to, 
you know, buy cards that they can, you know, just turn around and move somewhere else. And I think that just hurts the, 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 the card show market. If everybody's a flipper and there's nobody left collecting or, or holding on to these for any, any extended period of time. Uh, that's all I have for you today. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, please like, definitely subscribe. And most importantly, tell a friend and spread the word. Until next time, take care of yourselves and everyone around you.